What is up, party people? It is another episode of the Buy Back Your Life show with me, Andrew Ferguson, coming at you live from the office in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. It is November. It is getting a little bit cooler out. It is almost time to put the Christmas lights out. If you guys are with me on that, you love Christmas like I do, love putting up the lights, give me a little something, something. Give me a little like on Facebook. Give me a little like on Spotify. I don't even know how the liking process works. I just put up the episode. I don't even know how the platform works. But give me something. I like going outside and having a, a beer and just putting out the Christmas lights. A lot of the times my uh, my father-in-law comes down. He lives up in Dryden near Winnipeg and we come down to St. Catherine. He does it with me. So looking forward to that. They're coming to visit again this summer or this, this winter. So be good times. Get the family back together for Christmas. Always a good time. And today on the podcast, getting back to the point here, we're talking about one of the biggest books that I read as a as kind of a younger younger man that made a huge impact on my life. And I wanted to share some lessons with you today, how they impacted me, how I hope they impacted you. And just a great starting point for anyone out there, including yourself perhaps, that is looking to get into the investment world, understand how money works a little bit better, and set themselves up financially for a kind of just a better, easier time later on in life. Like we all have jobs. We're all working for whatever reason we're working for. I'm trying to get to retirement quickly. I'm trying to provide for my family long-term. I'm trying to get different kind of goals knocked off and it takes money to do that. So in this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the author, Robert Kiyosaki, he's a kind of legendary investor. He's a big real estate guy. He's a big kind of money working for you guy. And we'll get into this today, but this book has sold millions of copies. It's a, like a New York Times bestseller, has been for a long time. There's been some games spin off of this book. And I read this book when I was 20, ah, oh geez, 23, 24 years old. I had just come out of uh, university. I went for an extra university to play some hoop with the boys, had a great time. And looking back, it was the kind of the book that kickstarted all my investing knowledge up. So I wanted to share these lessons with you and hopefully you get some value to today. So here we go. Uh, just before I do, I want to understand that, I want you to understand that there's a YouTube channel that I run and I put out new videos every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, I definitely recommend you go check it out. If you like the videos, please subscribe. If you don't, no worries, no big deal. But it is at www.youtube.com slash at andrew.ferguson. That is my YouTube channel. Check it out. Again, if you get some value to those videos, you like what's going on, consider subscribing. If you don't, no hard feelings. Not every channel is meant for every other person out there. I get it. It's cool. Uh, it's just about connecting and kind of figuring out things that kind of get you motivated and get you out of bed in the morning, get you on board with this kind of investing train that we're on. Choo choo! Let's do this. Okay. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, the man, the myth, the legend. He talks about in this book a bunch of different things that the kind of average kind of person doesn't really kind of take into consideration when looking at finance and just money overall. And it's important stuff because if we know more about money and how it works, we can kind of cut down the amount that we have to kind of pay in taxes and how much time, time it takes for us to work and actually get to that point where we can actually retire and live on our own terms. Because I know, or I hope anyway, that you listen to this, that you want to kind of get to that point sooner rather than later. And if you like what you do, awesome. That's great. I kind of really enjoying my second stint back in the engineering world. It's been great so far. But I know there's other things that I want to do in life too and experience. So I can get to those things a little bit quicker and chop off a couple of years from retirement. That's cool. I know I don't want to work till 65 and whatever your kind of goal is for being here for listening to this. Awesome. Go get it. I love it. Keep pushing toward it. So these lessons hopefully will get you a little bit closer to your goal. First one is that we need to get brave about money. And what this means is that 
the average kind of system that we have here in Canada, in the USA, a lot of places around the world, maybe, maybe not in the Netherlands, because they do things a little bit different over there. I don't know what the system's like over there. Maybe they teach this stuff. But they don't teach it here in North America. And school teaches you to work and get a job and be part of the system. And the whole kind of education system is built on that idea that you have to get a job, work for a company, pay your taxes, and just kind of piece yourself into the economy, into this kind of this wheel, you're like a cog in a machine. That's kind of all you are. They don't want you to break free and start your own business or to do all these other things that kind of go against the average everyday norm because then you understand money and they can't kind of not exploit you, but they can't make as much money from you when you're not operating within their system. So it takes a lot of kind of confidence to kind of break out and say, hey, damn, there's a different way to do this stuff. And you have to go and find other people that have already done it. That's the easiest way. Go find a mentor, somebody who's trailblazed and gone through the shit so that you don't have to do it all by yourself. You guys can figure out ways to kind of shortcut your mistakes, learn a lot from these people, and they're always willing to share their experiences. But you have to get brave and be the one to take the first step and go find these people and go start learning about money and the economy and how it works. Because if you want to stay in the system, that's an easy, comfortable place to be. There's no fear there. You get paycheck. You cash your paycheck, you work 30, 40 years, and you hopefully retire. Hopefully is a key word there. Maybe you retire and you still have to kind of work a little bit in retirement because maybe inflation goes crazy and the uh, things just don't add up. The numbers don't make sense when you retire. That, that, that could be. Maybe your pension kind of gets eroded over time like because you didn't have the right kind of investment mix. That, that could happen too. So if you want to take control, you've got to make the first step. you got to take that step and get brave and kind of step out of your comfort zone. That's number one. Number two. Robert Kiyosaki talks about making your money work for you. And when you do this, what you're essentially doing is that you are creating a little army of dollar bills. Think about if you had like a little army. I'm thinking about the movie I used to watch as a kid. Like I was like eight or nine years old, uh, small soldiers. And it was about these kind of uh, action figures that were in this shopping mall and they would fight all the time with each other. And like, it was just this crazy kind of nonsense movie about these little kind of soldiers. But the idea is that your money becomes like a little soldier and it's going to go out and fight a battle for you. And every time it wins, it brings back members of the other team and you kind of grow in, in, in your own team. So your team keeps getting bigger, but you're the one kind of the general that just isn't on the battlefield, isn't going through the crap. You're just sending the money out there to do the task and kind of benefiting and growing your army passively on the sidelines. So people who are broke and like don't understand money, they, they kind of stay broke all the time because they're always doing this one thing that just, and it makes sense. If they're doing this one thing all the time, more than what's coming in, they're just, they're spending too much. They spend, they spend, they spend, they spend, they spend. They never save. They never kind of prioritize the future versus the now. It's always now, now, now. What can I get now? What can I do now? What can I spend on? What can I get? What can I acquire? What can I have? That's why you see kind of a lot of people who are kind of lifelong, kind of in that middle or kind of lower class. They, they, they try to tend to covet a lot of possessions and things, things that they can buy, things that cost money, things that they kind of just have sitting around. They just, they're collectors, I like to call them. And that's because they spend and they spend, they spend, they spend people who kind of go up the ladder a little bit to the middle class. Let's say they, they save their money, but they don't, they don't spend as much. They save a little bit. They don't spend as much. There's still kind of a balance there, but they save. And that's, that's, that's how you kind of get to the middle class. If you kind of save a little bit of money, you're in the middle class. You'll do pretty good. You have a pretty comfortable life, but you have to really want to break through and get to that kind of next upper echelon of, of people of kind of uh, socioeconomic class. It's, it's taking something different and not doing what the broke people do and spending their money. It's not doing what the middle class do and saving everything. It's about investing or kind of putting your money to work and putting that money in the army, enlisting it, getting out there, getting it out in the battlefield and bringing back more soldiers because 
you have to have the money working for you. Otherwise you're going to keep working for money forever. Right. The, the, the old quote is that if you, if you work for money, eventually you're going to kind of run out of time to make all the money you want. If you can make money work for you, you harness the power of time, but it takes effort. It takes amount of studying and discipline and just repetitiveness and willing to work through mistakes to get to that point where your money kind of runs on autopilot. And most people aren't willing to put in that work and put in that effort, but I know you're not one of those people because you're sitting here today, listening to this podcast from a 34 year old guy in St. Catharines, Ontario, who has no kind of financial background, but just has investments on his own. That's gone through the crack. That's why you're here. Hopefully, if not, what are you doing here? I'm just kidding. Hope. Glad to have you along. Glad to have you along on the, on the uh, episode here today, but the rich people, they put their money into things like stocks and real estate and businesses. And then that money makes more money. And then the money they bring in, the soldier they bring in, recruits somebody else. And the money kind of just grows on itself. And eventually the money is doing all the work and the investor or the person who put it to work in the first place by increasing their knowledge base is the one who kind of gets to put, a, put, put the feet up, take off the gas a little bit and kind of enjoy the efforts that they put in all those years of learning and educating themselves. Which brings me to number three. You have to be financially literate. It's like, that's the one thing I can't stress enough. You have to understand how to keep money in your pocket. If you can make a lot of money, great. But you see a lot of kind of celebrities, a lot of athletes, a lot of lottery winners who win a lot of money. And what happens to them? They go broke. They piss it all away. They buy a lot of crap they don't need. They don't understand how money works. And if you don't have that financial baseline of literacy, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you will go broke. Okay, you will go broke. And so keeping money in your pocket, keeping money in the right investments, it's hard. It takes work. But the more you learn about money and how it actually produces more money, how it is taxed, how you can set up a corporation to kind of protect yourself and keep more money in your pockets, how you can invest in a business profitably, how you can buy a rental property, how you can kind of use this cash flow that you have, this pile of money, Go screw and duck it and dive in it, play and swim around if you want to, but then use it and actually build more piles of money for yourself. Okay. And like the, the point is that if you have a kind of baseline level of financial intelligence, you'll probably be a saver. And when you kind of break through that, understand that saving isn't the key to wealth, you have to invest. Then you're on the track to kind of living life on your terms, living that, like buying back more of your life, as I like to put it. Like you're going to have, be able to kind of trade that money one day for time and get your life back. And it, it's not an easy thing to do, but you have to get that financial literacy under your belt so you understand the system and you understand how it operates, how it works, and where you can kind of pinpoint yourself to be a player in that system and exploit opportunities when they pop up. Which brings me to another kind of point here that is that in this kind of whole game, this whole monetary kind of game, your mind is such a huge, incredible asset for you. Your mindset, your ability to learn, your ability to recall information, your ability to kind of have experience tucked away up there. It's, 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 it's the key. It's the, it's the freaking key. If you ever watched the show Lock and Key, it's the one key that does everything. It does it. You can do anything. Put in the back of your head. You can do anything you want. And uh, it's just, it's, I put out podcast episodes about this. I put out YouTube videos about it. They always get crap views because nobody actually thinks it matters because it's kind of superficial or kind of, it sounds like a bunch of Hocus Pocus. Great movie also as well. But shout out to Hocus Pocus, Bette Midler. I think it's Bette Midler. Sarah Justin Parker. I can't remember the other lady's name, but they just put out number two. It was pretty good. 
but your mind is your best asset. It is not a bunch of hocus pocus. If you want to be successful financially, you have to sharpen your mind. It has to be a tool you're using constantly. Constantly get out there. Keep learning. Constantly add and develop your financial IQ. Learn things. Challenge things. Be challenged. Allow yourself to connect with other people. Right? They're not... You're not going to see the opportunity with your, with your eyes out there. You're going to see it with your mind. You're going to build them first in your head and then think about them and then produce them in real life. That's how it works. That's how life works. Think about anything in the world. Like when you think about it, you start to then take actions to get it. If you have an idea of, oh, I'm hungry today. I want to have this in your mind. I want to have McDonald's, let's say. It starts in your mind with a cheeseburger. And that's just kind of putting me on the wrong path because I want a cheeseburger right now. But you think about it first and then you decide yes or no if you're going to go actually get one but you're taking the action that started in your mind. It's no different than if you decide to get rich. Like if you just say, I'm going to be rich, you will start taking actions to become rich. You will think, oh, what would a rich person do? Well, they would find someone else who's rich and learn from them, or they would take, attend a course from other investors and learn from them, or they would do this or that or this. And you'll start taking advantage of those opportunities and taking action, but it starts in your mind first. You've got to play a little bit differently. You've got to think a little bit differently and have a positive attitude, which goes a long ass way in this game. Okay. Having a positive mindset, believing you can actually do this, which you absolutely can, by the way, has a crazy amount of positive effect on your lifestyle, on your relationships, on your financial kind of uh, empowerment. Like everything kind of adds up and snowballs if you have this positive outlook on what you want to accomplish. And you're also going to be able to kind of limit the amount of risk you're taking because you're learning and you're reducing the amount of risk that's out there because you're bulking up your education on it. And when you bulk up the education, things by nature become less risky. So develop the financial IQ, okay? Don't just study it once at, at university or at college or wherever it is or high school, wherever it may be. Don't stop there. The learning just starts there. If I could go back, I would start learning, crushing books, podcasts, YouTube, anything. You name it, I would start doing it at age 20. While I was in university, I probably would have had a side business, but I didn't. I was playing hoop. It's all good. But that's just something that I would redo in my mind. I would just keep learning and keep adding those skills so I could come out as a 24-year-old and know exactly what I needed to do. And I would have taken crazy advantage of some prices in real estate back then that were just obscenely cheap compared to what they are today. But you live and you learn. You can't go back. You can only control the future and apply lessons that you've learned along the way to future scenarios. So take risks, level up your mindset, Beat and beat and beat and beat your kind of old school thing of having to just get a job after school and never learn again. Beat that out of submission. That's not the way it's going to work. You're going to go and you're going to challenge things. You're going to learn. You're going to kind of have your ideas shifted when you sharpen your mind, which is your best asset. Now, this is one from the book that I actually don't agree with. This is uh, Robert Kiyosaki talks about being a generalist. And his idea is that you want to know a little bit about a lot. And like, I get this, okay? I understand like it's good to have a broad kind of spectrum of what you want to do and what you want to know and what you kind of have interest in. But I think it makes more sense to me when you find something that works. And so let me break it down in two parts. The first part is that, yeah, when you're starting out as an investor, kind of understanding how money works, you're going to have to compile a lot of data because you just, there's so much out there you don't know yet that it takes, it takes time to learn this stuff. So from that perspective, yes, you need to learn a lot of different things and know, like piece them all together. Once you understand it, you need to, to kind of go all in on one strategy. And I found that this works best because you become a master of that one thing. And when you master it, 
to the point where like you're like the 99th percentile of people that do it. That's when it gets crazy. Like it gets wild. You can just kind of snap your finger and handle any situation in that kind of zone. And I see this all the time. People kind of get pretty good at something and myself included. I used to be all about kind of writing blogs. I got okay at it and I just kind of jumped to something else. And I got pretty good at kind of starting a podcast and I kind of also added in YouTube. So my focus kind of pulled in different ways, but if you can go all in on something like I have, I went all on real estate for about 10 years and it paid off very well for myself. Like I was able to kind of develop a portfolio from kind of not a lot of, not a lot of change in the bank and I've kind of leveled up my knowledge base in real estate, went all in for a couple of years and managed to pile on three, four properties in, in a short period of time. And I compared to other investors, that's not a lot, but compared to where I was before, which is comparing me to me, it was crazy. Like my improvement in my investing kind of strategy and my confidence was insane. So I actually think that going all in on one thing is a huge advantage, but you also want to be building skills all the time too. And you can kind of apply those skills in other situations in your life, in your job, in your other investments. But if you want to go far, I think you have to go all in on one kind of investment first. And when you get to the point where that investment is kicking ass and taking names for you, then hopefully you have some extra cash spitting off from it. You can take that and then go kind of go invest in other things and kind of have it be the one thing that funds everything else and just go ahead and use it to kind of get back in and kind of learn some other skills along the way. That, that I agree with, but not just kind of knowing a little bit about a lot of everything. I just want you to go, like I think about going all in on one thing and that's what kind of worked for me in my life. So just sharing that with you guys. Hopefully it works for you. If not, if you don't agree, let me know. Like just, I might be wrong about this, but that's the kind of the way I feel about it. So I want to share. Uh, moving on to a couple more here from S S S uh, Robert Kiyosaki. I was going to say David Suzuki, but it's Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, so what you need to do is also think about you have to overcome a lot of obstacles as a investor. And there are kind of in the book, Robert talks about five kind of main reasons why people stay broke. And the first one is, is a huge one. And this took me a long time to understand because I was kind of just compiling knowledge and reading books and I was going to seminars and I was kind of being mentored by other investors, but I was scared. I was scared of losing money so bad at the start. I only had like six grand in my account at the time I was like 24. I thought there was a lot of money at the time. And it was to me, it was a lot of money. I took a lot of time to save that, but I didn't want to buy a real estate investment or buy a property and lose that $6,000. It just wasn't something I wanted to do. But eventually I got past that fear because someone gave me the push that I needed to say, Hey, you're not going to lose the whole thing. If you, if you buy a property, it stinks. You still own the property, still own the assets. You maybe lose a little bit, but the likelihood of you losing like everything is going to be really, really small. So that kind of help curb my fear, but you have to push past the fear sometimes and get, get on board with kind of doing things that scare you. And that's how you grow as a person. Another thing that he talks about is laziness as a, as a person. Like if, if you could just kind of put humans in their kind of natural position, it'd be like, I guarantee to be in bed, covers on, watching Netflix, eating craft dinner, drinking a bunch of crappy like pop or whatever, and just having a chocolate. Just that is like the, the essence of what humans aspire to be when it takes just laziness kind of takes over. That's what people think, or eating pizza and wings or whatever, just doing whatever, just being a, being a sloth, right? Being a sloth. That is a problem. That is an epidemic. That is a, a huge killer of dreams, of productivity. And if you can't get over the fact that you're lazy, you got to try. You got to definitely try. Like there's days when I don't want to do shit. I wake up and like, damn, do I really want to make this video today? Do I really want to record this podcast? Do I really want to do this kind of piece of email writing? Like, shit, this, this sucks. I don't want to do it. But you have to keep pushing, have to push through that and keep doing it because if you don't, 
you're gonna end up just like everybody else, straight up. Like the majority of people in the world are lazy and they conform to the system. And that's just, that's just the reality, that's the way it is. If you want more, you have to do more. You have to cut out the lazy crap. You have to be more productive, more disciplined, more on point with what you wanna achieve, more goal focused. There's so many things you have to incorporate into your day to get past and push past what the average person gets. So if you wanna do more, stop being lazy, just do more stuff. If you want to get more, do more. That's how it works. Plain up, straight up. Another thing you have to overcome in order to kind of get over, get out of the kind of the, the broke or middle-class kind of mindset is arrogance and thinking that you know everything. And the problem with arrogance is that after you have a little bit of like kind of small success, that's when you're like ripe for something to kind of come and kick your ass and knock you back down into kind of the tier you were in before. Maybe you kind of get a couple investments under your belt and you think, yeah, yeah, I got this. This is easy. I can do this. No problem. Then you go out and you kind of use a little bit extra cash that you maybe didn't have, which is like using leverage. And you decide to invest with that. And the deal goes shit. And then you're just sitting there like, oh my God, what did I do? Like I'm, I'm in a bad place right now. And I had this kind of happen to me in the stock market. I thought like, no problem. I got this. I got the understanding. I got this down. I throw 10K into my stock account. And within the matter of a couple months, some kind of crazy stuff happened. And I lost half of it in like two days. And I was arrogant and I was just not respectful of the process, not respectful of money. And it came back and burned me in the ass. So as a person, you always have to have respect. And the idea is that like, there's no rich person out there that hasn't lost money, but you want to lose less and make more long-term. Okay. But you also can't be scared of losing money because it's part of the process, part of learning. And if you can frame it in your mind that it's not losing money, it's about learning a lesson. I think that removes a lot of the arrogance and you can use that kind of to humble yourself in defeat, regroup, brush off, go get your kind of troops out and lined up for the next battle. Uh, one last thing here is that you have to also overcome a lot of bad, bad habits that a lot of people have, whether it's watching too much TV, I'm guilty of it, especially for sports, spending too much time on your phone. I'm guilty of it, especially for sports or Netflix. Uh, or The Office, which I love. Uh, gosh, it's such a good show. But uh, if it's eating crappy food and not having energy, if it's staying up too late, if it's uh, just being a bad kind of friend, having bad relationships, drinking too much, drugs, whatever it may be, the bad habits will keep you locked into kind of the mediocrity where you are, and they kind of prevent you from moving moving higher. And it's it's so true. Like You have to do things that take you to the next level. If you want to understand what these habits are, see people who have good habits, again, Find successful people and just do what they do. Ask to hang out with them, mirror them, shadow them, go where they go, ask them what they do and just do that stuff and your habits will eventually change. But it's, 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 it's so hard though, as a human being, because you've been so ingrained to do the same thing for so long that it just feels comfortable, feels normal, feels like what you want to or need to do. Case in point for myself, I played basketball for a greater part of 15 years of my life, like competitive basketball, to the point where like every kind of Saturday we had a game, what we do Saturday night, we'd have drinks after the game, go out party. And then Sunday was recovery day and whatever, we go back to it on Monday. So for like 15 years of my life, I, I like, I drank beer every Saturday, like every Saturday without, without fail, I had at least one beer. So yeah, it's, it's freaking tough for me to go a Saturday now after doing 15 years straight without having a beer. Because I'm just like, oh, I get in that mood. I get that kind of Friday kind of hits. Saturday morning, I wake up and think, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And then boom, Saturday night, let's have a couple of beers. Like, why not? That's kind of the thing that I've done for so long. But if I want to get to where I want to go financially and in life, 
I know that's not the best use of my time because I feel like shit on Sunday. I end up doing kind of stupid stuff. I spend more money than I want to sometimes at the bar, right? And you have to get to the bar, you have to cab home, be responsible when you're drinking, right? Don't drink and drive. You have to uh, kind of meet friends and kind of there's a, maybe a social pressure out there to kind of go to a ritzier place, dress up, clothes, like all this stuff comes, all this stuff adds up. And it's, it's a net negative. And I'm not saying don't like drink ever if you want to drink and you enjoy doing it, but you have to kind of build better habits. So maybe it's, well, I'm not going to drink this weekend because of this reason. Or I'm going to take a month off from drinking because of this reason. And just understand and kind of respect yourself enough to do that because ultimately you're going to get to you where you want to go in life. And you kind of, again, you take away the short-term kind of joy and you apply it over the long-term over something that you actually really want and really value. And it makes it kind of an easier decision, but it's just, it's breaking through those bad habits and figuring out ways to be more productive and useful with your time and energy, which is a huge thing. Okay. And the last thing I want to touch on, which has made a huge impact in my life. And it, it kind of goes back to the mental thing, but it's, it's all about if you, if you think small, you're going to be small. If you think medium, you're going to be medium. If you think big, you're going to be big. And I'm, I'm speaking kind of from experience too, but I'm a big guy. I'm six, six right now. I'm checking about 280 in times of weight. So I'm a big dude, but I like being big. I like working out. I like going to the gym and lifting heavy. So I think when I'm in the gym that I'm a huge, strong guy and I like try to lift like not stupidly, but I like, I try to lift heavier than I can like kind of do sometimes and just kind of build muscle. That's what I like to do. But in the financial arena, I have some big audacious goals that I want to hit. I want to be a multimillionaire. I want to do, I want to have a cottage up in, uh, up, up North Ontario. I want to have some other things. I want to go on vacation X amount of number months of the year. I want to take Sarah out and just kind of travel the world and just do these things. And these kind of big, crazy dreams, you have to have them. Otherwise you will never like, you never get them. If you just kind of go through life saying, ah, yeah, I like to, uh, I like to kind of be able to go out for, for lunch today. And then I don't know, maybe we'll think about something else next week. And just like, you, you can't kind of operate that way. If you're going to get out of kind of the mediocrity. You have to have dreams that kind of scare you or like, you know, that you you're scared of the kind of the work it's going to take to get there because it's, it seems like a crazy amount of effort. But the thing is, once you have those goals and you believe in yourself and you start small and work your way up, you kind of just piece it together and take chunks of it at a time. Once you have the goal in place, again, your, your mind's going to take you to the point where you're going to take steps to get to that goal and eventually achieve it because it's in your mind first and you believe that you can do it. So dream big, set these crazy awesome, scary goals for yourself. And then you will eventually just kind of shift into kind of taking over and working towards them. And then you just put the work in, keep learning, keep growing as a person. And eventually, man, or ladies, you're going to get there. Okay. I believe in you. You can do this, but you have to dream big and get out of that kind of box that you've been put in your whole life and get out to change what, you, what you've been taught, what you kind of learned and understand there's a different way to do life, to do this thing better, bigger than you ever thought before but believe it first, then you go out and you make it happen. Okay. So guys, that is the essence of the Kiyosaki book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you guys want a copy, it is on Amazon. I think it's like 20 bucks on Amazon. It is a great read for beginner investors. If you want to get started and somewhere you're looking for like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't want to like waste my time. That is a great one. It'll give you kind of a baseline of knowledge to build on. And I hope you guys got some value to this episode. Thank you guys for being here. Again, if you want to check out my content, make sure you go to www.tradingoptionsdaily.com and get some free stuff to get started as well. Uh, that's it for today. Keep buying back more of your life, keep investing in yourselves. Love you guys. I will catch you on the next episode.